0: You are listening to the Calvary Church Podcast, where each episode features a life-transforming message that was previously recorded in one of our services. And now, let's join a service that's already in progress.
1: This past week, our family visited one of America's most historically significant places as it pertains to the founding of America. We visited Valley Forge that is just outside of Philadelphia. This is the place where the new American government began to solidify its military strength and unify its military under the leadership of George Washington. From December 1777 to June of 1778, military personnel... From all the colonies encamped throughout the vast open fields, some 18 miles outside of Philadelphia. I don't know if you've ever had the chance to go to Valley Forge, it's very moving to see. No battle was actually fought here during the encampment, but throughout the some 3,500 acres of rolling hills and fields, you can find Large monuments, statues, and stones commemorating leaders, people, and regiments of troops. One of the more famous monuments in, at Valley Forge is the National Memorial Arch. It was constructed to commemorate the arrival and the sacrifices of General George Washington and the Continental Army at Valley Forge during the American Revolution. We had the chance to visit that. Etched at the top... Of The monument is a statement by George Washington And he said naked and starving as they are We cannot enough admire the incomparable patience and fidelity of the soldiery In other words we admire the incredible sacrifice of every soldier Today those words ring true We are thankful for the incredible sacrifices of those who serve to protect our freedoms. And as we made our way through the park, I was struck by the many many monuments and stones commemorating places, commemorating people. Because stones have a way of helping us remember. As we consider what the weekend, this weekend, Memorial Day weekend is, you can find stones throughout all Of America commemorating the incredible sacrifice of men and women in our military that gives us freedom, placards and engravings, dot the landscape with the purpose of spurring us to ask the question, what happened here? Or what is this about? Several years ago, our family visited one of these sacred places. We wanted our girls to understand the sacrifice of those who have fought for the freedoms that we enjoy today. So we went to the hallowed ground of the tomb of the unknown soldier. Through the ages, one of the consequences of warfare has been large numbers of unidentified soldiers. So there's Emma and Audrey visiting the tomb of the unknown soldier soldier through the ages there have been just that idea that war with warfare comes the unknown unidentified dead sometimes the unidentified remains resulted from poor record keeping or the damage that the weapon inflicted was so severe or they were just not marked clearly And so in December of 1920, New York congressman and World War I veteran Hamilton Fish, Jr. proposed legislation that provided for the internment of one unknown American soldier at a special tomb to be built at Arlington National Cemetery. The purpose of the legislation was, quote unquote, to bring home the body of an unknown American warrior who in himself represents no section, no creed or race in the late war and who typifies, moreover, the soul of America and the supreme sacrifice of her heroic dead. The tomb of the unknown became a memorial to those who would die in battle but who would have no memorial, no stone to represent their own life. The sarcophagus of the Tomb of the Unknown is decorated with three wreaths on each side. On the front, three figures that represent peace and victory and valor. And on the back features the inscription, Here rest in honored glory an American soldier known but to God. This stone monument, the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, continues to be a powerful symbol of service and sacrifice of mourning and memory. And today we remain thankful for this service and sacrifice, but both of those unknown and known. There is something about stones that are powerful commemorations. This is not something that is new with the American way of life. If you are to travel... The world, you will find stones and rock structures just about everywhere to commemorate and memorialize people, places, and events. From Egyptian pyramids to Greek temples to Roman coliseums, stone is used as a way to help us ask the question what happened here? It creates a question in every generation that comes across. This stone, and it is, what does this mean? What does this say? Why did this happen? And I want to speak today on this subject. What are these stones? Children of Israel crossed over the Jordan into the land that God had prepared for them. You may know this story because you know of Moses bringing the children of Israel out of Egypt, across the Red Sea on dry ground. It would be some 40 years later that due to their lack of obedience, they would wander in a wilderness for 40 years. And then Joshua, that great leader, would lead them across the Jordan River into the land that God had prepared for them. And he would lead them across the Jordan, the Bible says, on dry ground. It was kind of a big deal, a big moment in history, because here they were actually reaching into the place that God had prepared for them. And it began with the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant, and as soon as the Bible says their feet stepped into the Jordan, as soon as it stepped into that water, the water stood up in a heap, and it was dry so they could walk across it. In Joshua chapter 3, 17, it says, The priest who bore the Ark of the Covenant stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all of Israel crossed over on dry ground until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. And then in the next verse, which is chapter 4, verse 1, it tells us what they did next. And it came to pass when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan that the Lord spoke to Joshua saying take for yourselves twelve men from the people one man from every tribe and command them saying take for yourselves twelve stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan. From the place where the priest's feet stood firm, you shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. He told them, right where the feet of the priest are standing and you're, you're walking and you see them walking on dry ground, right where they are, I want you to grab a stone, one for every tribe, and I want you to carry it and take it with you. Why were they picking up these stones? Why would God want them to carry these stones? I I don't suppose that it was just for a souvenir. It was just for them to say, been there, done that. But God had a very specific purpose. It says in verse verse 4 of chapter 4, Joshua called the 12 men who he had appointed from the children of Israel, one man from every tribe. And Joshua said to them, Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of tribes of the children of Israel. And this is why, that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, saying, What do these stones mean to you? Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial to the children of Israel forever. A monument built for the memorial of an event that spoke to the provision and spoke to the working of God in their life. But it wasn't just for them to remember, for them to have recollection, but the purpose was there's coming a time when there will be a generation who isn't quite understanding What actually happened at the Jordaner doesn't quite have in full view all that God did. And so build a memorial, build something in place so that when they come across it, they will ask the question, what are these stones? So the scripture tells us the children of Israel did so just as Joshua commanded and he took the 12 stones from the midst of the Jordan. As the Lord had spoken to Joshua according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel and carried them over with them to the place where they lodged and laid them down there. I find it interesting, we could leave this part out, but I figured we'll just for the sake of biblical literacy include this. That while these 12 men picked up these stones, Joshua himself... Picked up 12 stones. In the next verse we realize that. While these men carried them to their lodging place. They grabbed stones and they carried them. Joshua also picked up 12 stones. But he went and carried these 12 stones. To where the priests actually were standing. And he laid them down. And the significance of this was. Again so that they would remember what God had done. But where were the priests standing? The priests were actually standing in a place that was overthrown with water. It was where the water had flooded that only happened during harvest time. And so when the priests stepped into the water, into this flooded area, they were actually standing in a place that would dry out at certain times of the year. And Joshua wanted people to remember where they stood. And so he put these Stones there in Joshua, it says in verse 9 of chapter 4, Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of the Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priest who bore the Ark of the Covenant stood, and they are there to this day. There was something about stones, these stones, that would be a memorial. And so we read and we understand that these 12 men from these 12 tribes... Carried these twelve stones from the midst of the river and carried them to the lodging place. Again, we are We read in Joshua chapter four, nineteen this story kind of rehashed, and it says the people came up from the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month, and they camped in Gilgal on the east border of Jericho and those 12 stones which they took out of the Jordan. Joshua set those stones up and then he spoke to the children of Israel saying, when, you, when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, what are these stones? Then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed over. And then verse 24, I want us to pay special attention to. He said, why are you Erecting these stones, why are you putting them up? What are these stones that they're going to ask about? He said that they are all the, that all the peoples of the earth may know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, that you may fear the Lord, your God forever, that all the people of the earth may know the hand of the Lord. That it is mighty that you may fear the Lord your God forever. These stones were not created or put together just as a personal souvenir. But they were intended to create a question that would have an answer. What are these stones? These stones represent something that happened in our lives Where God's hand met us, where God's hand provided, where God's hand delivered us. And it created these stones, created a question that had a very specific answer that the mighty hand of God was present. That's why these stones exist. And isn't that the purpose of memorials? Isn't a memorial intended to create a question? What is this all about? What are these stones? Why is this here? Why do we have these memorials in our country? Why do we have them some hundred years later where I can go to Washington, D.C., or I can go to Philadelphia, or I can go to downtown Cincinnati, and I can look at a stone? Why do we have them? So people will ask the question, what happened here? So every generation, not just the generation that experienced it, but every generation would ask that question, what happened here? And so that question is asked so that a specific answer will be given. And so these children of Israel, God wanted them to gather these stones because these stones would give a very specific answer, that the hand of a mighty God is involved in everything that they're doing. That all the peoples of the earth may know. That all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty. That they may fear the Lord your God forever. And as we consider this weekend and as we consider Joshua and the memorial created by these stones, I feel compelled for us to consider what in our life is creating a question that ask, uh, uh, that creates a question that has the answer that God's mighty hand is the reason that this exists. Is there something in your life that memorializes what God has done in your life? I ask that question about my life. I'm thankful for the opportunity today to come into this building, this building that's made of stone. What are these stones? It's the physical testimony of God's faithfulness to people who put their trust in him. I'm thankful that I can walk into the Calvary Church at 11970 Ken Road because it's a physical testimony of God's work to a people that started in the 60s and said, you know what, we feel the mighty hand of God moving on us. And so I think it's significant today that we're gathered in this building. It's a testimony to sacrifice. It's a testimony to faithfulness. It's a testimony to courage and to giving to missions. Does anybody remember the story about giving to missions? That's why we even have this property today. What are these stones? This is a place to offer remembrance. When I, when I go to Canton, I don't know if, those of you who are raised in church as a kid, but every time I go to canton ohio i I look for ways to drive by that building that that building on on uh, Navarre Road there in Canton Ohio that little building that my parents started a church in I try to drive by it and and usually I pull over and I I pull up next to the building and I get out and I walk around it I just try to remember what happened there because there's something about it it's a it's a monument of sorts to me it's a monument of sorts when I was seven years old and I I walked into the front and it was on a Tuesday night Bible study and I lifted my hands and I began to experience the wonderful power of the holy spirit with evidence of speaking in other tongues it's a monument of sorts uh for me when i walk by there and i, I wish so bad i try to get in every time I, I check the doors every time see if i can get in but I, I remember the baptistry the 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 horse trough that i was baptized in i remember that at eight years old of, of being there and there's nothing like remembering that moment I understand that that moment isn't just about me. It's not just about a monument that I raise for me. It's about the next generation so that they understand that there is a mighty God that cannot just uh, deliver you from drugs and alcohol, but there's a mighty God that can keep you through your childhood and through your teenage years and into your college years. It's a memorial. And I... We call it the Bishop Center across the street as a way to memorialize heroes of faith among us. And I ask the question, what are those stones, those bricks? At this generation of the Calvary Church will remember the Bishop Center. And we believe that there are some great moments ahead of us in that building. But there's already a generation of youth that will remember worshiping over in that Bishop Center. They'll remember the the bats flying uh, over top of them while they had youth service in there. But I'm thankful for those stones. I'm thankful for those monuments because rocks and stones bear witness to history. They allow us to remember, and it's amazing how significant sometimes just a A small place, a small rock, a a moment where you remember something that it brings such meaning to you. I conclude today with one more perspective about stones that I feel is important. As Jesus came into Jerusalem, the week he would be crucified for our sins, they bring a cult to him crowd began to cheer they began to celebrate him to which the pharisees would become upset and yell at him to silence the crowd the scene is described in luke chapter 19 in verse 35 it says then they brought him to jesus and they threw their clothes on the coat and they set jesus on him." and he, as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. And then as he was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice. Why? For all the mighty works that he had done. All the mighty works that he had done saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, and peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But Jesus answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. The stones would immediately cry out. That what Jesus was saying was, I could have stones built as a memorial. I could have something created that would bring praise to my name. And I'm glad that we have some of those things. But if this building ever crumbles... If you can never walk in these doors again, I want to tell you that you still represent a memorial. You still represent a a place where people can come to know that the mighty hand of God is able to deliver and set free. I don't have to walk in here to figure that out. Jesus said that if these people did not praise me, the rocks were going to cry out. But I don't need the rocks to cry out. I don't need this building to cry out because I can give God praise for his goodness and his mighty works in my life. Oh, hallelujah. I want to tell you today... What are these stones? These stones are meant to praise him. Your life was intended to be a praise to God. Every day you live is intended to bring glory and praise to God. Oh, hallelujah. I don't have one physical memory or one item from my grandfather on my father's side. My dad... I don't believe he may have one little thing from his own father. His own father I've talked about before, but he he got put in prison in Marion, Illinois in the 1920s, came out and and came to a church in, in, uh, in Illinois, and as he came into the church, he was a Jewish man born in Jerusalem and he came into the church and just because he was bored and he didn't have anything to do he just got out of prison and when he walked into the church, the guy that invited him to come to church began to speak in tongues, began to speak in tongues in Hebrew and that's how my grandfather converted to Christianity, ultimately he would become an evangelist and he would preach and he would even pastor a church in the St. Louis area I have no physical Remembrance, remembrance of him. But what I have is as powerful. It's a testimony. It's a story of a God who can take a life that's ravaged by sin and absolutely transform it. Let me tell you the greatest thing you can pass on to your children is not some bank account. is not some fancy home. is not a a brand new car. But it's a testimony of God's ability and God's mighty hand. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. So I ask you today, what in your life is giving praise to God? Does your time give praise to God? Does your money give praise to God? Does your attendance at church give praise to God? Does your effort, does your surrender, does your lifestyle, does your speech, does your patience, does your self-control, does it bring God glory? Because that's what we are, we're intended to do, is to bring God glory for his mighty hand in our life. Oh, Hallelujah. What in your life reminds you of the hand of God? Revelation chapter 12, we know this passage that we, they overcame him. The Bible says, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives to death. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Praise is the remembering of what God has done in your life. And every time we come together, I hope that you praise him. I hope you don't rely on this building to praise him. I hope you don't rely on this building to testify. Oh, it testifies. We're thankful for the testimony of this building. But that's not the great testimony that this city needs. This city needs us to, to be the real testimony of God's mighty hand working in our life. Oh, hallelujah. I'm going to do something a little bit crazy. It's going to require a little participation, but just work with me for uh, uh, just a moment because I want to have a testimony service here. If you guys are okay with that, we're going to call it a popcorn testimony. And if if I read something and you relate to it, I just want you to stand and then I want you to sit down. Some of you are like, I did not come to church asking for all this. I understand. Just wave your hand and if you can't get up and down that fast. But how many has ever had an instantaneous healing in your body? I just want you to quickly stand. Would you give God praise? We serve a God who's a mighty hand. Has there been anybody who's ever been delivered from an addiction? You've been delivered from some kind of addiction in your life. Would you give God praise? Hallelujah. Has anybody had a a, a financial miracle take place in your life? Something that was unexpected, but you knew the hand of God was on your life. We're, We're memorials today. Has anybody had their sins forgiven in the waters of baptism? We're memorials today. Has anybody been filled with the gift of the Holy Spirit today? You're a memorial today. You're a testimony of God's goodness What are these stones? What are these stones? They are testimonies of God's mighty hand working in our lives. Oh, hallelujah. 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 I wonder if you'd give God praise right where you are. Just give Him praise. Give Him praise. God's moving among us. Today, God's going to set some people free in this room. God's going to deliver I believe God can heal in this room today how do I know that the stones in this room tell me they tell me that God's a deliverer that God can set us free oh hallelujah 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 God we look back on the provision that you gave us we look back on our healings in our lives Lord and we know that you're able And God, this generation of the Calvary church, God, they ask, what are these stones? What is this? God, and it's your mighty hand moving among us. There are so many testimonies, Lord, in this room of the power of God. And God, this generation, God, these teenagers sitting in these first few rows, they want to see the demonstration of your power and your love. And I pray today we would have confidence, Lord, to experience it. In the name of Jesus.
0: This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music,